it's been a minute since I've released a podcast and um, I'm really excited to introduce my guest today is Anami. Anami is a veterinary technician. She works at a 24-hour hospital. She also has a management role and roles within the AVA. Um, Anami is a really good friend of mine, um, a lot like Lauren. We grew up, not grew up, we, <laughs> we didn't grow up, but it kind of feels like I've yeah. known you for that long in a, in a way. Yeah. Um, we started out at Halls together and Anami's been one of my close friends for that time. And I'm looking forward to this conversation because in a sense, I want it to be about friendship and the importance of um, having good friends, especially in this space. Um, we kind of joke that we have like half a brain cell each. There's a group of four of my mates and I and Nemo is, we all make one brain cell. Nemo is the valence electron, which <laughs> which wanders around. <laughs> every now and then. Every now and then. And it's going to be quite an interesting conversation just for that yeah. fact. We'll try and piece together as much yep. of the brain cell as we can for this. <laughs> Get through it. <laughs> and um, it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be good. It's going to be a whole different kind of conversation, I guess, um, just opening a lot more, opening up a lot more compared to what we usually do, which is just mess around and have mm -hmm. a good time. So maybe it'd be good to kind of sit down and chat and get to know each other on a deeper level. I'm glad that we get this opportunity and feel free um, to introduce yourself, Anami, to the listeners. Uh, my I, name is... I need to call you Nemo too. Yeah. I'm going to call her Nemo from now on. Yeah, might just go cause... Nemo. <laughs> um, might make it easier. Um, so I am a vet technician. I graduated in 2020. Fun year. First year of COVID, which is great. Um, <laughs> ever since then, I've worked at a couple of practices, but now I've kind of found my home um, at the one I'm now. It's a 24-hour practice. I worked my way up the ranks quite quickly, I would say. Um, not really planned or expected, but it just kind of happened. And now I'm in a, like a nurse managerial role slash also a bit of floor coordination, um, which is really interesting. It's kind of a very different side to the veterinary uh, profession and the technicalities of actually nursing um, and working through it. So no, it's, it's, it's interesting <laughs> for now. <laughs> I like to start out by asking my guests um, an important question, and it's in the deepest way possible. I want to know how are you? How are you really? Um, it's probably one of my lower weeks. Um, it definitely hasn't been easy because I've had a lot going on and a lot of things to do and a lot of pressures and. Um, just work just constantly I've had a lot of long days this week as well but yeah just I've, this last two days I've kind of gotten my head around it and taken control again but it's definitely not been an easy week for sure so what sort of challenges did you face this week do you think it's just kind of the long hours that have been challenging for you um long hours but then probably workloads so I've had to pick up on a lot of extra roles and jobs to kind of get the ball rolling. Um, we're trying to get a better structure within the work environment. Um, got these nurse booklets that we're trying to get through. I guess it's such a fine line between rushing and pushing them through versus actually 
providing a good like a good foundation yeah and actually having a proper structure that works i guess mm. you know you don't want to rush it too much you actually want to think it through without wasting your time i guess putting all these hours in and you're going to put the hours in now i guess yeah. and that will come back in the later run when yes. yeah. these people will hopefully be better trained for you yeah. um, um when you said at the end of this week you started to turn around the last couple of days is there something that you did in the last two days like what do you think kind of I guess it's probably balance for me okay um I do love gymming and that's probably the one thing that always falls is gym and it affects my mental health so much like I just gym makes me content within myself and I know that if I go to the gym at least I feel somewhat in control of my life. I think that's the biggest thing mm. is having that consistent um, routine. That's something that you just do by yourself. And, you know, when you do it, you feel really great. Exercise in general is really great for endorphins. And um, I think gym is probably one of my biggest things that keeps me going. You have um, those needs. We all have the yeah. needs yeah. that we need to meet. Yes. And if um, often I think we don't realise that when we're like overworking, we're not doing those things yeah. that keep us sane. Yes. So I think it's important for anyone to recognise what those things are. And yes. for you, it sounds like yeah. gym is a big thing. I think it's balance. Honestly, it work should not be your whole life. Sometimes it does become mm. like that and it can fluctuate, which is normal. But I think when it starts taking over and you can't do any of your normal day-to-day -day activities, I mean cleaning my yard <laughs> it's on the list I haven't really had time to do that um but yeah I guess balance is my biggest focus to try and get on top of what I'm feeling mm -hmm. and how I'm doing life I want the listeners to be able to kind of understand who you are and your journey through your life and kind of what led you to these times I guess we all kind of have like significant moments throughout our life is can you think of any well, moments for you that were impactful that maybe I've led you on this veterinary path? couple so I've had a lot of positives and a lot of negatives and I guess those have all built me for the person that I am so I think from a young age I've always loved animals I love science and medical side of things so mm -hmm. by grade 10 I already knew I wanted to be a vet and that was that's it. Dad tried to convince me otherwise. I'll look at engineering, look at the money and look at the Excel spreadsheet I did of your life. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a no, it was going to be vet. And that was it. Um, so obviously you know, just went straight into bachelor of science. Um, didn't actually do too well. Cause you know, the uni life is very exciting and you do like to party a bit in first year. And so I probably did not put my focus in to my studies as much as I should. So I had a big realisation of, um, yeah, I definitely didn't do my first year right. And so I'd, I couldn't actually get into vet. Do you even. think now you could still say that you didn't do it right? Or do you think that that kind of happened and now it's sent you on this path that might be better? Or yeah, so I think it probably happened for a reason. Um, I think everything happens for a reason. It's just more how you take it and what you do afterwards, whether you go on a better path or you just dwell on the past and just be sad about it, I guess. <laughs> um, but I just realised, okay, you know what? 
I still want to work in practice. So I went and did vet, vet tech instead. Um, mm. Graduated, went and worked at um, this place I'm now. They took me in with open arms and said, whatever you want to do, let's go. And I worked really hard first couple of weeks and then this um, team within work, so they do all the orthopedic and um, soft tissue surgeries. They said, hey, can you uh, join us? That's I cool. Said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and Within the first couple of weeks of practice? Uh, probably within six months, I think. Yep. Um, and honestly, those two people are probably the biggest positive impact on my career. Mm -hmm. um, they taught me a lot. And I know they probably wouldn't want me to mention their names, but they made the biggest difference in my life when it comes to my skills. Have you skills. told them that before? Probably not. <laughs> I've <laughs> mentioned it here and there, and I do appreciate them a lot, um, but probably mm. not straight up, which I probably should. <laughs> um, but no, they um, taught me so much, and um, like the standard that they work at, I really look well, up to. I feel like one thing I'm interested to know in your role, especially when you look at these people as your like mentors. Now you're in a manager position. Yes. You see probably, I like to call it veterinary humans. Mm -hmm. And that's what we all are. We're veterinary, we're veterinarians or vet techs and we're also humans. Yep. Do you see successful, what you might seem as a successful veterinary humans and un, maybe more unsuccessful? And yeah. what does that, what does that look like? You definitely, when when you work in management, you do see all the negatives and the positives from a whole different angle. So obviously, when you get involved in the work, you're all about patient care, making sure everything's done right. But then when you look at it from the outside, you can really see how everyone works very differently and how personalities interact, how um, efficiently people work. I guess everyone has a different working style as well, which is interesting. Um but for me, the most successful thing, I guess, personality or attribute someone has would just be, um, I guess, a good working ethic, but then also having a lot of soundness to them, whether it's in a stressful emergency situation, they can always seem to stay cool, calm and collected. How do we stay cool, calm and collected? Uh, what do you a... think about those people? If you picture maybe your mentors, yeah. how do you think they stay? And um, how do you stay Cool, I think collected. a lot of people think it is experience related, which it does have a big benefactor having the experience because you know exactly what to do. But it, it can actually be a lot of mental focus and just finding a way to breathe in a situation. I know like the adrenaline kicks in and you're panicking, but just finding a way to not physically step out of the situation, but just refocusing yourself and be like, okay, what does this patient need? Uh, oxygen, pain mm -hmm. relief, something, just get so it started. It's the simple things, isn't yeah. it? You don't have to figure it all yeah. out straight away. Yeah. You just need to get Break what that patient down. needs right now. Yeah. I think that's one thing that um, Lauren and I spoke about is mm. like stick, start with the basics yeah. and do that. Yeah. Break it down and then work your way through it. Because then obviously I think the biggest thing for us is finances. So whether the owner can even afford any kind of critical care and ICU afterwards is the hardest thing so you're trying just to stabilize the patient making sure they're all good and mm -hmm. then go from there mm. um, but yeah I think not to get so worked up and um, staying cool calm and collected is one of the successful things I think vets and vet techs and nurses do 
um, even if they don't have the experience, it actually makes a bigger difference compared to having the experience. So as like a student coming in, what do you think I should be maybe thinking about in this like kind of stressful situations? Mm. Is, is there any um, tips or guidance? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is you see, we do see a lot of students coming through my practice um, is a lot of them either sit back completely and almost run away and hide in these situations, but mm. I think it's a really good learning opportunity for them. Um, and then the biggest thing I do notice from students is afterwards when they ask questions. Yeah. I think not during the whole drama and situation, mm. ask questions, but afterwards. And Showing like curiosity yeah, and interest. Yeah, and reflecting on the situation mm. and be like, oh, what worked, what didn't work, and it's if we can say, okay, well, we didn't do this right, we know we can work on this better, or this worked really well, um, what would we normally do? I think it's, it's really interesting good. too that you say, what could we have done better? Yes. And this is people that have been doing this for probably years and years, and you guys are still saying that. Yes. I think that's interesting mm. and kind of nice to hear as students because we're all still learning. Yeah. And how important is it to have a team as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what a lot of people stress about. It's like how I meant to know everything all at once. Um, that is not the case. Not everyone knows everything straight away. Mm -hmm. We all are human <laughs> as mm. we are. Um, we're not God. We can't do everything perfectly. So I think the biggest thing we take on working is just learning from everything you do you'll always be making mistakes. Even if you're 20 years out or two years out, there's always going to be changes. There's always going to be something new, some different situation that you'll have to work around and learn from. And that's very normal. And If you're in that uncomfortable situation and it is new to you, do you have any tools that you use? Do you kind of sit back. I always, and I talk about it a bit on here, is I try and have a gap between the um, action of what's happened and the reaction. I try and just take a pause and be like, okay, mm -hmm. what do I actually need to do right now? Yeah. Um, is there something that you go to that you um, think might be useful? I think definitely, yeah, having a breath. Um, but actually taking the time to research, obviously if it's an emergency situation, you try and reach towards a more senior person to give you a hand mm. and give their opinion. You can help them out and hold the dog. Um, but then holding dogs actually so important because you get to watch and learn what the senior nurses or techs or vets do and be like, oh, I can, I can do that role next time. Mm -hmm. So holding dogs actually a very important and beneficial role. Um, but I think, yeah, just taking that moment, realizing the situation, and then seeking help is, I think, the best thing. Because we are a team. Seeking help, end. that's so important. Yeah, like, for, we have over 100 staff, and so it's such a good... 100 staff? Yeah. So good to <laughs> learn from. So usually we have about, I think, five vets consulting at once, and then, like, a surgery team, a dental team, hospital team, because 24 hours. Um, and then we have um, senior staff that's there for, like, advice, and they do continuing education. So we, like, support staff is quite important for us. We have a, a separate vet that just helps out everyone. So you always have someone to go to, ask questions, run a case through them. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really nice. I think that, that's probably the biggest thing is you can rely on your team because it's such a big interpersonal 
like professional environment that you need to be there for each other to give the best patient care possible and I think we're all here for the same reason we're all here for the dogs the cats the fairy things the horses the anything the alive fairy things. <laughs> what I want to know what the fairy things are ferrets and rodents <laughs> and <laughs> the tiny fluffy things <laughs> chihuahuas can go in that category chihuahuas, yeah <laughs> no um but we're all there for the animals and we want the best care possible so I think mm -hmm. if we can work together in a better more efficient way then I think that will have the biggest impact for that animal mm. in the end and it's not a competition about I know more than you it's it's, it's a team effort and we're all here to it's learn what, it's what we know and what yeah. we can do as a team yes, in this we, profession yes. <laughs> yeah no it's really good um I, I had like stats that I can talk about mm. um that is on that thing so over a quarter of people took time off work due to stress for mental health condition and over a third of those people did not disclose the reason to their employer so people were having these issues and uh, they actually didn't speak about because I probably didn't go as much into management and how I try and support staff and how much we're actually there for you and not there to tell you what to do yeah like we're trying because I was in exactly in your same position. I was working, I was trying to save the animals and now I'm on the other side because mm. I remember not growing up but working my way up. You know, they're on the other side and they tell you what to do or they're not happy with that or this needs to change or we can't do it this way. And so it's always been annoying having them around and you always feel pressured when they're mm. watching and now I'm in that role and I'm like, oh, it's actually not that bad. Like we all, we're actually here to help you. Like we don't want you to have a bad day. We don't want you to be working 12 hour days. Like we actually would want everything to work smoothly, everyone to be happy and just have a really good work environment. But it's so hard to obviously achieve like that is, it feels unrealistic, but I feel like there's still hope that I can do it. I just want to make the workplace like a fun time and mm. obviously there's serious situations there is hard times but in the end we're all happy within ourselves and we're all happy that we performed well I just want everyone to be learning as much as they can mm. and I think it's it's probably just a perspective because yeah I just you try and tell people I'm here for you I'm here to help like I've got a mental health first aid certificate so I, I can talk to you you can talk to me you know, it's mm. okay to be not okay. So just come tell me and, and we can support you as much as we can. One of the, so the super friend um, report, those are the research with two and a half thousand veterinary professions gave their feedback. So the five common psychosocial risks that were identified, challenging client interactions and ex expectations, interpersonal conflict with colleagues, working long hours, experiencing financial strain and then high workload and pressure so these are definitely one of the things you'd notice for most places that you work at mm. I've definitely experienced a lot of those um, and it's I guess what you do with those situations afterwards so the reflecting the mm. loving yourself learning improving that really changes you as a person and I think the whole thing about reflection is really important because like when I've had that I had a crazy week on equine as well 
and I was, I, I'm pretty good at going, what am I doing here and maintaining that, but I actually started to go, what the fuck, like this isn't really, that, I'm not enjoying this too much right now. Yeah. But then I gave myself like time to reflect at the end of that week and that in itself just kind of went, that's okay that that happened and that's okay that I didn't feel great for that week and what actually upset me and I identified the few things and how can I change in the future to not let that happen? Whereas if we just kind of, if I would have just gone, that was a shit week and then gone, did nothing about it, gone out and got plastered and, you know, which a lot of people do and that's okay, but it kind of avoids the situation in one yeah. sense and then you carry that to the next week yeah. without reflecting and then you get to the end of a month's time and you're like, this isn't fun, like, you know, all these bad things have happened, but if you, I, I reflect, reflect a bit more regularly, then I kind of see, okay, like, you know, these bad things happen, but I actually really enjoyed this aspect. And it's the idea of compassion, satisfaction against um, compassion, fatigue. Mm -hmm. So having that job, like satisfaction and noticing yeah. those things, I think is important yeah. in reflection. Yeah. When you see someone that, is maybe struggling in the clinic. What do you th what do you think they the main things are that they're struggling with? Um, with our place, we are quite busy at times, so I know that training does get backlogged a lot. Um, so I think when they do struggle, it's usually because no one's there to help them. If mm. we're really busy at times, or they just say, "Okay, can you just do the washing?" Or something like that so they feel not, they feel like they don't really have a successful day of learning um, but it does fluctuate so I think kind of just having that knowledge and um, patience with learning it it will take time everyone learns at a different pace so it's okay to take a couple of months it's okay to get, yeah. yeah months years I yeah. think and I think one thing we all want that instant satisfaction yes. right now but Building something takes time. Yeah. And, and especially if you want it to be quality, it doesn't yeah. happen overnight. And yes. some days, you know, even on placement, I might not be doing something that I really think I'm learning that much or I'd rather be maybe doing something else. But I know that these things take time. I'm going to have days like this mm -hmm. and just not trying to fight it either. Yeah. Just accepting it and taking in and being yes. present in that moment. I guess I probably have a little saying, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> to kind of get you through your day. Um, I, I really do, I say it in a, as positive way as possible where, you know, you don't want to be dwelling on the mistakes and the problems and the issues right now. It's just more looking forward to what can we do to fix it for the future. Um, things happen, mistakes happen, so... It is what it is, but let, let's move forward. Okay, what can we learn? What can we improve on? Um, how can we do things more efficiently? And, and that's what I think a lot of people can take from that situation is just... Sometimes you don't have control yeah. of the situation yes. and that's okay. And that's normal. And I think control is the last thing you're going to be expecting in the veterinary industry. <laughs> mm. um, that will, honestly, once you get the experience and you slowly build up how you like to work because everyone's different, um, these things will build over time and it is very normal to make lots of mistakes. 
mm. because mistakes are the way you learn <laughs> in the end. What's some mistakes that you think you've made? Um, like maybe they're mindset mistakes or maybe like there you can think of a clinical example. Is there any? Uh, I've probably had a couple of mistakes for sure. I uh, <laughs> no way you said did that. The old, <laughs> did the old shave the wrong leg for a, a orthopedic <laughs> surgery, uh, which I hated myself so much afterwards. They didn't, did they? They didn't <laughs> do surgery started, on that leg. No, we didn't. Okay. Thankfully, I had everything ready, <laughs> and the vet thankfully was like, "What leg are we doing surgery on?" And we looked at the history, and I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> I've prepped the whole leg but the owner was so lovely about it it was actually oh, a bit relieving but every time I see that poor dog with no bum hair whatsoever because <laughs> the whole back leg both back legs are shaved it's a it's a good reminder but mm -hmm. um yeah no I've had a definitely a few I've gotten bitten before as well and that was a bit of a tough I guess experience to go through because I had to be out of work for quite some time and then was back on light duties and I had to get um, therapy um, to get my function back and mm. it's very frustrating working. It's almost like a little like a disability where you just can't. You know you you could do it and now you just can't. Like I couldn't even take fluid lines off. I was like how. Like my grip strength wasn't there yeah. and I'm like, how annoying is this? And I have to ask people to undo a fluid line and it's just frustrating, but yeah, no. Is there anything that you think you learnt from that situation in particular when you were kind of struggling a bit? Did you real like did people help you more than yeah. maybe you thought? And what did it feel like? I think probably three things. Patience is the one thing. Just being aware of what the situation is and Working to your strengths is the other thing. So at least I still had the knowledge. I still had the ability to be there and give advice. But then mm -hmm. also it showed a big team effort. So people would always be there to help. Everyone would be like, oh, are you sure you're okay? Do you need a break? I'm like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm frustrated, but fine. Um, and it was really nice. And I guess it took me a while as well mentally when any kind of dog got aggressive, I kind of, freaked out like my heart rate would pick up quite quickly and there was one dog I had to hold and I could just feel myself internally crying because I was actually shaking from like what was happening mm. it's a little bit of PTSD but I don't know I think it's the saying where if you get off if you fall off a horse get back on it straight again and I think mm. that's a really good way to show resilience um, if you can get past these situations and you do grow a lot as a person in a way. When you were there and you were watching, like you kind of said you had to stand back a little bit, was it cool seeing the team kind of from maybe a more of an external perspective doing their thing? Yeah. Were you able well, to kind of take it in and be like, damn, these guys are actually yeah. doing crazy good work. Yeah. I do see it a lot now because I'm more management. I do more desk kind of duties, which is fun and then also not fun. <laughs> um, but it's always great to see the team work together really well. Um, I think they really underestimate everything they do for these animals and they should take it upon themselves to kind of pat themselves on the back because they work so well together and they achieve mm -hmm. a lot, which I think is not really commended for. But well, I guess that's something I can probably push towards and acknowledging, acknowledging people because we don't everyone. acknowledge ourselves no. enough for the work we do, yeah. especially on these long days. 
you're too exhausted to even think at the end of yeah. the day. But I think one thing, when you have that time, just reflecting upon even like my week, kind of this week in diagnostic imaging, I'm going, like at, during the time I was like, you know, sitting at the desk and I actually did really enjoy it. But now I look back at the end of the week and I'm like, whoa, that was really cool what we did there and what I learnt and mm -hmm. even, you know, the teamwork in those pracs and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that time of reflection is important. It's really good to reflect. I think if that's probably a skill you learn over time as well is reflection. Um, mm. Learning from what you've done and thinking it from a different perspective and working doing research as well like what else other options do i have what other yeah things speaking to the um there's kind of this idea i guess that a lot of especially at uni that vet tech is kind of almost just the stepping stone to vet science mm -hmm. but i don't think that's true at all and i think you're a perfect example of what you can do and why mm -hmm. vet techs are so important and yeah. end up in these roles what do you think about that? Um, well, I think vet tech is still growing. Um, it's only been around for a decade or more so. <laughs> mm. I probably should know. Um, but at the moment, vet techs especially are being put into nursing roles. And I think that's a really great opportunity where we're actually a whole different role in itself. We have so much knowledge, so much skills that we learn at uni that it's just being taken for granted and I think it's something we can definitely push towards and actually using all this knowledge we get mm. from uni and integrating it into practice but that's obviously something that's going to take time and we'll learn to work with it. Um, but yeah. When um, we were speaking earlier about kind of the big things that are happening within the AVA and you know mm. a lot about that being um, on the board for this is there kind of something happening where, you know, we're moving towards that um, vet, like vet techs having more of their role and the more like holistic approach to veterinary science, do you think? Um, well, at the moment, so I, I was very lucky. I got not chosen, but asked, I guess, like, right time, right place kind of situation. I went down to... I think you should give yourself credit too. <laughs> like this isn't... These kind of roles just don't go out yeah. to anyone as well. So yeah. acknowledge no. yourself for the work that you've put in <laughs> to should. end up in this position. Yeah. You didn't stumble across it. No. I, I, I do like to stick my head out and I want everyone to kind of be a better self and be their best self, to be honest. And that's obviously not going to be done in a week. But that takes time and you get to learn who you are. But... I went down to Sydney. Um, the AVA um, grouped with Superfriend and did a report on psychosocial risk factors in the veterinary profession. Um, did a lot of research and had, I think, about 2,500 people put together their points and their um, opinions on the mental health in our industry. Um, and we went down and had a round table chat. Um, Was the table round? There was 10 round tables, I think. Oh, so it was ten, a 10 round table <laughs> chat. <laughs> yes. Um, but we had this external guy come out um, and talk about the construction industry and how they kind of worked around the mental health issues there. Um, and he had this really great uh, program that they had mates in construction um, and they really helped improve the industry and people just talking about it and being more open. Mm. And so the AVA have... Um, got this group called Thrive 
Um, they are pushing towards improving the well-being and mental health in the veterinary industry. They have a couple of drafting ideas coming into play. I'm not sure how much I can say. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm happy just that this is happening yeah. at the industry industry level as well because yeah. I feel like that's a really important place for it to be as well as kind of at the ground level in every clinic yeah. but I'm really excited when you told me that this is happening and they're creating these kind of mental health movements from that level because it's going to kind of yeah change the whole industry yeah so they're really pushing towards like pretty much changing everyone's perspective on it they've got I probably talked about the three pillars. It's prevent, promote, and protect. And so we're just trying to prevent it happening in the future. So how can we improve our um, job satisfaction, our general working life, and then promoting how much we actually do, um, how good our work is, um, also promoting teamwork and our interpersonal skills, and then um, protecting us and obviously having people stay in the industry for longer because it's just not really going well at the moment and we just want everyone to be here and be able to be a vet for the rest of their life and it's an actual lifelong career instead of That short gets term. me so excited. <laughs> so there's a lot of it's things like this happening. this community is coming yeah. together. Yeah, so you can definitely look it up. It's Thrive and it's the wellness program um, and they've got a lot of research on their page. Um, it's through the AVA, which is really great. So we'll see in the future, hopefully... A year or two or three, um, things will definitely be turning around and we're just trying to really push towards a better working environment and mm-hmm. get everyone to be happy, well-being human mm. beings. <laughs> so, yeah. I um, want to know, jumping back to you and understanding you, um, Nemo, what do you think you were put on this earth to do? Um, that is a tough question, but I guess, I don't know, I think it's forever changing for me. I think for me, it's little small missions here and there that I can overcome and make the place a better place pretty much for everyone to be able to work. We all, no one does the vet industry or profession for money I guess no one's here for money like we're all here for passion Mm. and I think when your passion is not shut down but like you just if you lose your passion then what's the point and it's just really sad when you see people lose their passion and so I would really I would love to just push everyone to keep that fire going and improve their overall work well-being and have a balanced life so much so that they they're happy coming to work and you know like you come to work because you love it and not because you have to and you've got to pay the bills but Mm. because you chose the veterinary industry and you love the animals and then the people you work with because you all have the same interest would be so good if we can all just enjoy it and acknowledge how much amazing work we're doing yeah and how amazing this industry is and how great it is um so i think that's probably if I can make that change, then that would be very big as a broad thing. But I guess little missions and little um, achievements you, at a time. Would you be were good. put on this earth to like fire people up. Yeah. And to get them motivated, it sounds yeah. like. And I think in your role, you're in the perfect opportunity to do that. I'm sure your workplace 
acknowledges that as well. Yes. Um, how do we fall in love with the veterinary industry? <laughs> I guess you probably go back to your grassroots and you know taking care of the animals and feeding your dog at early morning and playing with it is probably where it all started. But I think looking at those cases that are so tough but then the animal ends up okay in the end is so mm. rewarding, especially during tick season. Like that's probably the, one of the biggest ones where you have this ICU case that's on a ventilator and give it a week and all the hours, I say a week and there's a lot more mm. than just a week, but like all the hours you put in, all the knowledge everyone contributes to that case um, to get it well in the end is so rewarding and you see that dog come back every week for rechecks. And Do you form a little bond to that to yes. those dogs you definitely do <laughs> like you all like you recognize dogs like that's this is one thing i learned once you stay at one practice you actually know your clients and you mm. know your patients and you're like oh is that little fluffy over there or yeah <laughs> not many fluffy dogs nowadays <laughs> um but you're like oh it's so good to see them and oh they look really well and it's it's actually i think the reward is really good to kind of get your spark going again um when i was at one of my clinics I formed a pretty strong attachment to this little white fluffy. <laughs> I can't remember his real name, but he, he was, we named him Pete. Yeah. And he was like this tiny little 900 gram. He was just lethargic and he was in the hospital for like five days, I think. And I'd like kind of have him on my, my shoulder. Mm. And he, when we put the catheter in, he sounded like a parrot. So he got called Pete the parrot. Aww. And I had him on my shoulder and I like walk around the clinic and I was so sad when he left, but buddy Pete, I thought I had this real strong attachment. I had a strong attachment to him. And then his owner arrived and he was wagging his tail <laughs> and like jumped all over her. And I was like, Pete, what the heck? <laughs> like, I put so mate. much time. <laughs> and then he just runs off all happy to his owner. But it was yeah. cool because one, I knew Pete had yeah. like this amazing owner that was looking yeah. after him and he was so happy to see them. Yeah. And it was happy to see the owner seeing Pete happy. Yeah. I was a little bit sad though. <laughs> no, that's definitely rewarding seeing owners, especially when they come in for visits when they're not doing too well. Um, it's quite rewarding seeing that dog wag its tail when they see the owner. Mm. And it's like, even though they feel so sick right now, they get to see their best friend. Yeah. And actually they spruce up a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of gives you hope again. You're like, okay, now we're doing well, we're getting there. And then when they go home and get discharged, you're like, oh, Feels good. How good. That mm -hmm. dog is so happy. They're loving life. <laughs> Owners are happy. One of my closing questions to you would be, and I ask this to everyone, um, if you had all of the veterinary industry in your yard here, <laughs> somehow they all were fitting in here, one's on the motorbike here as well, <laughs> what would you say to them? Like if you could only say a few, one thing, what do you think is the most important core thing to say to all these people? I think love yourself. I think it's probably the biggest thing. Everyone's so hard on themselves. I'm definitely hard on myself. But I, that's something that I'm slowly getting through. Um, but you are doing a lot and you are amazing in yourself. Just let yourself know that. And if you can get through these hard times, it is what it is. 
move on and learn from it, then honestly life will be so rewarding. Like you, you just got to change your perspective on things and just be there for yourself and put yourself first. I'm kind of saying this, I'm like, oh, I really need to listen to myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Just love yourself because if you love yourself within, then you kind of share that out to everyone and people will know and they can tell when someone's just happy and people want to be around you as well. When you just have that positive attitude, even through the tough times, then yeah. and you radiate yes. that energy. Yes, but then people also, will then also pick up on that and yeah. they'll start to behave like that. That's exactly. how things change. Yes, but then it is okay to have a bad day. Mm. That's normal. That's okay. But then it shows a lot when you can over overcome those bad days, and that says a lot about a person. And I think that's a really good skill to have. And overcoming those days might require talking to your yeah. mates, talking to your colleagues. Yeah. It's not something we do by ourselves. No, it's, you're, not, you're not in this yourself. You're, you've got a team behind you. You've got everyone to support you. There's so many different opportunities out in the world in the veterinary industry. Um, AVA also have a 24-7 hotline that you can call that you can talk about anything related to work or mental health and they have um, psychologists and therapists oh. there for you available, which is good. So if you're a member of the AVA, that is an option as well, which mm -hmm. is really great. Um, but yeah, there's so much help out there. Don't put so much stress on yourself <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thank you, um, Nemo. I do really want to Thank you and acknowledge you for spreading your message here today and being vulnerable in this situation. I know that a lot of people listening will, they will pick up on things from this conversation and you never know if something you said is going to change the way someone thinks and hopefully make them, you know, look after themselves better. As you said, love themselves more. Yeah. I think that was really your key message. So I just yeah. want to acknowledge you for that and thank you for coming on the Veterinary Humans podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this has been fun. <laughs>